Welcome to Springboard of Virtual Investing. My name is Albert Okran. Welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. Springboard, your virtual investing, is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation in partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with support from the graphic business. So today we continue our discussion on emerging trends with a focus on healthcare and especially its financing. There's a growing need or growing instances of people raising funds, crowdsourcing on social media for various medical conditions, sometimes very serious life-threatening conditions that require surgery either locally or abroad with huge sums of money mentioned some sometimes very very scary then you would also have on the retail side if i may use that that term children and sick people sitting at traffic lights with people holding megaphones or pre-recorded messages announcing their health conditions showing very sensitive pictures of healthcare procedures and raising funds by the roadside going from car to car is that the best we can do is there an alternative are there options available that we haven't explored that we must begin to look at my guest for today has been sourced because he's a very important authority in healthcare and its financing dr dan vincent amo is the md of acacia health insurance limited Dan is a public health physician with a chain, a chain of qualifications in health economics, health policy, and financing. Under his leadership, Acacia Health Insurance has risen to become a member of the prestigious Ghana Club 100 companies in 2018 and 2019. In 2018, Dan was named the CEO of the Year for Health Insurance at the Ghana Accountancy Awards, as well as the Entrepreneur of the Year at the Ghana Insurance Awards. He also won the prestigious CEO of the Year Health Insurance at the Ghana CEO Summit in 2019, and this year was named again as CEO of the Year at the Ghana Insurance Awards. Acacia is today a proud member of the enterprise group, big partners of the Springboard Virtual Investing. Dan, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much. It's an honor, finally, uh, because I've been listening in for years. So uh, it's an honor that I'm also here to share my own views it with all the listeners. It is one of the most fulfilling experiences to interview somebody who calls themselves a student of the virtual university and also a resource person. <laughs> Or visiting lecturer in the virtual university. I trust the family and everything as well. Yes, they are all doing very well. Wonderful. So Dan, should we be worried about the developments I mentioned and all these seemingly worrying developments in healthcare financing? Should we be concerned? 
Um, I think so, uh, because in a functional society, you would expect that we would have systems that would be able to address all of these needs. Therefore, if you are on your way to work and you find a young man um, on the wayside who has a tube in his nose and they are soliciting for funds for him, it is obvious that something else is not right, that they are not able to raise the funds themselves or there are no structures which will be able to meet the need that they have. So I think that what we're seeing on our street is not what we should be hoping for in the next year. So that's what call all, all of us back to look at ways that we will be able to find solutions to most of these trends that we're seeing. I mean, you've studied this subject, not just in Ghana, mm. but mm. in Holland. Mm. You've studied it in various mm. institutions. Is it a local problem, healthcare financing? Is it a local issue or is it a global issue? How big is healthcare financing? So um, I think that it's an issue that is faced across the world. Because even in the states where we think that they have got the um, almost everything that they have in healthcare, it is known that about 15% of the population have no access to healthcare in the state, I mean. So if the state um, faces this issue, then if you want to extrapolate it to Africa and then to Ghana, where we have got a myriad of needs, um, healthcare would be on the list of things that we have to actually look at. So it's not really specific only to us, but I think that we're just, we, we find ourselves um, having the need and we just need to look at ways that we can find um, solutions to most of these needs that we have. As well, you mention the U.S. because I know that in the U.S. healthcare is a healthcare financing is an election mm. issue. I mean, Obamacare was such very, very a huge good. issue in, in one of their recent elections. I pulled out some figures on the U.S. and it would seem that on average, per 2021 figures, about three sixteen thousand dollars is spent by every human being on average in their entire lifetime. I don't want to divide it by 60 or 70 <laughs> and then convert it to CDs. Mm, but see how expensive it, 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 it looks like on average the expense on healthcare per person using US figures is quite high. It also looks as if women spend more on healthcare than men in the US largely driven by the fact that they live longer or life expectancy is longer for women uh, than men. But it, the data that I found that was the most interesting is the fact that one-third of that expense is incurred in the middle age and then half of it in the older years. It would seem then that what you see when they are, they are children is a very small fraction of healthcare expense. Are these trends, the data that I'm looking at, the dynamics, is it replicated here in Ghana as well? Uh, it's the same for, for life. Um, when, when we all start life as kids, I mean, functionally, we are all well. You, you have a very... The is fresh. You, you have a very functional heart, your liver, your kidneys, and all of these things are work. Uh, by the uh, middle ages, that's when you are finding who you are. So the issues of stress from work, you want to be able to achieve something so we spend a lot of our time uh, meeting our own life's goals therefore we 
uh, obviously would leave our health out uh, because you are young, you feel you have got all the energy, there's not really much for you to look at in the area of your healthcare. But once you hit the late 50s and the 60s, at that time your organs are already failing, you, you've, you've Stress them out for your entire lifetime. Yeah, I beg you, I have elderly You've spent almost all your life, and so it is at that point where the other health issues would also set in diabetes, all the hypertension, the heart conditions, the issues with your back, your spine, your joint. And these are things that you would want to find a way to be able to ease out all the struggles and the pains that you have there it is at that point where your health needs would rise and therefore your average health expenses um, uh, on an annual basis would also have increased there so i think it's it's, it's the same trends that i've been seeing here as it's been seen elsewhere as well would you also see that women spend more on healthcare here than men um i i won't say so but i think that men on the average don't really um, spend a lot of time on their own health care. We, we some ways somehow think that we are supermen and so even when we see something early enough we would not really pay attention. They would want to wait until we are so pushed uh, up to where we have no option before we would seek health care. So it's more of an issue that uh, a woman would find something um, would not let it go, she would want to seek health care early enough. And as you seek health care, it would um, uh, obviously would increase how much you would s spend on health care. So, so comparing the two situations, would you say that the, the proactive approach of the women is, is better in terms of getting solutions? It is always good because um, we, we observe that uh, on the average, uh, a woman will live about five, six years longer than his male counterpart, which means that the earlier things that they're able to do is able to uh, offer them a few more years on earth. May the Lord forgive you. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I understand what you're saying, you're saying that, you're saying that the women report their illnesses earlier and so they spend more and they live longer. The men think they are supermen, they wouldn't report it and, and so they spend less but they also live which is not as long as the so women. so what what we may have to note as men is that we are not as strong as we think we are not as healthy as we think and we should appreciate that we are humans we are mortals our health would fail along the line so whenever we see anything early enough there's a need for us to report it earlier so that we can have as much help as we would need and therefore, this would help us to also live maybe into our late 90s and into the hundreds, where everybody has, aspires to be. I know you're talking about financing, but once you're a public health physician, I mean, let me just let me just tap into the issue of the correlation between our lifestyles and our health, the cost of healthcare, or or the healthcare issues that we end up drawing along with us you are saying that even the response time alone could be a useful indicator in determining your life expectancy what about lifestyle um lifestyle is linked to all the health outcomes that we would have if you start on a healthy note when you are young you eat all the very right foods you exercise well you have as much rest you are able to also drink as much water these are 
healthy lifestyles that all of us are aware of. And they are things that we can easily inculcate into our life habits when we are very young. And when we started early, you can actually reap the outcomes as you age because ultimately you are able to keep all your organs in a functional state and they would serve you well into your late 60s and 70s. But um, life is not also as straightforward and as easy as we may see it. Sometimes you have got all of these hopes, you have got all of these dreams, but all the exigencies of the time will not even allow you to exercise because I've, I've been on the road for the last few months. I don't even recall when I had to even spend an hour on uh, exercises, even though I'm out here saying that it is very good that we all exercise. So I think that what we need is to be able to make a conscious effort that we are humans, we are mortals, our health will not be as optimal as we have it now. So let's add these as part of our daily activities. Let's exercise right, let's eat well, so that we can um, stay as healthy for as long as we may well want to live in. It's interesting that we talk about life, health, mm -hmm. and longevity and so on in, in this year 2021 because you're coming out of a year 2020 and still is around. I mean, COVID in that, in that sense is still around, but there's no conversation you can have in 2021 or 2020 without mentioning COVID and it being a health conversation. It would really be fair to ask, has COVID... 19 and the issues or the fallouts of the pandemic further exacerbated the issue of the cost of healthcare or the issues, healthcare issues that the average individual will face and the implications for cost. Mm. Um, I think that if there is anything that we have learned from the issues of COVID is the fact that we have all been reminded that we are humans. Because now we are just only a step away from the healthcare system. You are healthy now, very well. You just went out for a meeting, met a few friends you know, said hi to them, smiled and headed back home. By the next morning, you have a cold. By the second day, it's a cough. By the fourth day, you can't breathe. By the fifth day, you are in an ICU. These were not things that we could, e we could even anticipate a few years back. But now we have been brought to that level where you know that between you and the hospital is not very far. So even if you've not been anybody who has um, looked at healthcare as a need, now you, on, in your subconscious mind, you know that you need to start figuring out, if I get into this situation, where would be my next point of call? What care would I access? And therefore, healthcare is on everyone's lips. Um, Situations where you would not even have cared about what um, services you would have in a hospital. Now everybody else is asking, if I need an ICU service, where would I go? If I need this um, specific health, health service, where would I go? Um, again, because there's the need for a lot more health care, there are some services that were not available in the past, but now we've had to make room for those ones. The need for ICUs, need for oxygens, need for all of these things. We've now had to build up this much capacity. Therefore, most of the, uh, most of the health facilities are having to uh, allocate a lot more funds so that they will be able to prepare to receive the number of clients that they would need. Um, in effect, this has 
a way increase our healthcare expenditure over the the, the last year or um, say yes over the last year um, at the start of this pandemic um, for me and looking at the numbers that we are seeing uh, March to May last year everybody was scared of the health facilities so we're not even seeing as much claims but now that we have all moved up to the level where we accept that this will stay with us for long now we are seeing a lot more of our clients in the hospitals claims are increasing which means that people's health care needs are being met are being addressed at a very high expense and so um, when I look at these trends until we can solve the issue of COVID we expect to see a higher increase in healthcare expenditure over the years. It's interesting that you mentioned awareness mm -hmm. and people's mindsets being a factor. I, I, I was speaking to a doctor who told me that the, in the peak of the COVID period, or for months um, last year, there was very little traffic in the hospitals. And I was shocked because I thought it, was, it should be the other way around. But you mentioned that people were kind of scared of the medical facilities and stayed away, self-medicated and so on. But those are very interesting. What, what role does awareness as a whole play in this conversation? Not just about the, the financing options, but even about health care, your own body, your needs. It would almost seem, seem that when you have a conversation like this, people are like, let's not talk about it. As, as if, if you don't talk about it, then the thing will disappear. How important is awareness? Checking, checking up, knowing where you are on the journey, just awareness about healthcare. How important is it? Um, I would even want to um, move this up a bit further, that in every sphere of life, I think that you need to be fully aware of what is happening around you. Um, you should know yourself. You should know what your health risks are. You should know um, about what is happening around you. Let's let, even if we are to use this issue uh, of COVID, if you choose not to understand the science, you are most likely to expose yourself, and that would increase your risk, and therefore that would also increase your need for health care. And if you are not anybody who is under a very good insurance, it means that at the end of the day, you may have to spend your saved finances to, to even access health care. So we all have to be aware of what is happening around us, um, where to even assess care. You should know what your options are. Um, for your own self, um, I would say that you don't need to even wait until you have a health need. You need to uh, have have a habit where on an annual basis you are able to assess yourself, see where you are, if there's a risk, if there's anything that you can do to eliminate that risk, you just take those active steps and to avoid them. And I think ultimately if you're able to do these things, it would also reduce your need for health care and then you'd, you'd be able to live um, fairly long on it, hopefully. And you will be able to live long on this earth. Those are the words of Dan Vincent Amo, the Managing Director of Acacia Health Insurance Limited. As we discuss the issue of healthcare and even more importantly, its finance. This is Springboard, your virtual university brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by the Enterprise Group. Let me mention that Acacia Healthcare or Acacia Health limited insurance limited is now a proud member of the enterprise group so the enterprise group mtn pulse umb bank 
and of course support from the graphic business let's go for a break when we come back let's ask what about the poor how do we finance our health care what are the trends that are emerging that we should know about and is it possible that there's a solution right next to you that you've never known about all these years let's talk right after the break please don't go away don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead. Feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From tabletop trader to supermarket owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we are poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From football fans to football star. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties, so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university, brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, with support from the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Communications Group. Today's discussion is about healthcare and especially its financing. My guest, Dr. Vincent Dan, the Managing Director of Acacia Health Insurance Limited, helping us to understand the journey of our lives and the various touch points in the area of health and its care. Let me summarize some of the lessons so far for the benefit of anyone who may have joined us in the course of this program. Number one, the most basic lesson, you are human. Recognize a human frailties and fallibility. Number two, as we grow older, we spend more on healthcare and literally half of our healthcare spend is in the older years of our lives. Number three, the most interesting one for me so far, women tend to report healthcare issues earlier than men and they may therefore spend more on healthcare, but it often leads to higher life expectancy. Men will only report things when they get to the critical stage and that's is because we think we are supermen. Number four, if you choose to ignore the signs, you increase the risks and the healthcare implications of anything that happens to you. Number five, knowing your options in every situation makes things easier for you. Number six, COVID-19 has increased general awareness about healthcare 
and brought us closer to the healthcare system and of course also led to an improvement in the quality of healthcare facilities available. Number seven, have a regular habit of assessing the state of your healthcare every year and identifying problematic areas early enough to intervene before they become serious. Charlie? So far, not so bad. <laughs> you are learning, aren't you? Yes, yes, we are. That is the virtual <laughs> university. Doc, let's go to financing, the reason why we are all here today. It was important to lay this foundation before we talk about where do we find the resource for. Let's help us appreciate over the years how financing has been done, what are the options people have explored on a personal note, corporate note, in trying to find a solution to paying for healthcare in their lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for healthcare financing, the, the, the one that we are fully aware of is what we would call the fee-for-service. Fee-for-service is where you, you have your own funds, you are sick, you just walk into a hospital, services offered, and then you would pay for that service. Is that what they call cash and carry? It is cash. If you have your cash, you, you go, services offered, and then... It's a very positive yeah, fee-for-service. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds so nice. But we have observed that it's not a very sustainable way for anyone because you are not even sure when you would fall ill when you need health care. And so if you just, all that you have is the hope that one day when you fall ill, you can use your own uh, resources to finance that. You may fall ill at a date where you don't have the money and then it becomes an issue. Um, what we have also observed that in the past, um, we also had some social ways of being able to raise some funds. You are uh, within your family setting, you have an uncle who is not well, and then all of you, the siblings, the aunties, everybody else is asked to offer a contribution so that he will be able to assess the health care. That has also become one. And then there's the bit of the insurance. Insurance, they are... Uh, the main ones we have are the social health insurance and then we also have a private health insurance. The social health insurance one is one which is set up by the state so that it would be able to offer some health care to meet the needs of all of its populace. Um, social health insurance is actually mandatory. Once you live in Ghana, we actually have a law that says that if you live in Ghana, you should belong to the NHIS. It is actually a law. So if, if you are not with the NHIS, um, uh, we, we, we could say that you are flouting a bit of the law. Uh, apart from that, for I, you... I actually didn't know that. Yes, it is. So I probably need to go it, it says everybody it. must belong to the NHIS. Um, for you to be with NHIS, you need to pay a contribution. There's a very small amount which you would have to pay so that all the funds in there are now pulled into a very large kitty, which is what will be used to pay for all the healthcare needs that we have. Um, if you do not pay, if you don't enroll, then you cannot enjoy as part of this national health insurance scheme. So can't an individual decide that they would forfeit their rights to reap the benefits and therefore not sign up? I'm just asking, just so that our listeners will be clear in their minds about the legality and otherwise of it. Okay. So the social insurance is founded on, on that 
tenet that we all want to be each other's keeper. Okay. So I don't need you to, to be on it because you are hoping that you use this, this service. But if we all can just give our bits, someone's health needs would be there and then we'll have enough funding for us to be able to foot that bill. So, so you, you can't really speak. exempt yourself. Even I, if you don't need a service, you still have to be there so that we can make use of your own so contribution. So service, fee for service is number one. Family contribution is number two. And then social and then insurance. Social insurance. Social health insurance. Social health insurance is number three. Right. And then the fourth one is private health insurance, which is the space that we operate. Um, it is meant to meet the needs of what the social health insurance is not able to meet. Um, healthcare is not static. Your needs may not be the same as mine. I may have something that I wish I could get access to, but that is not the, the same thing that you have. So we exist to offer that extra healthcare needs that will not be met by any of, of, of these ones. For you to be a part of a private health insurance scheme, it means that you would also would have to enroll. First, we would um, need to assess your health risk. And once we are able to assess that risk, we would offer you a premium as the amount that you pay for you to be a partaker of the health insurance um, financing pool that we are setting up. And it is uh, normally we'll look at it based on your risk and how much you would have to contribute. Um, such that you have fairness, you also have equity in there as well, and um, uh, you you have uh, options on the market. Uh, at the moment, there are almost about 12 other health insurance companies in there, so it is just up to you from your need base, look at what you would want and then be, be able to make a very good choice. For yourself I, I like the way you smile and see 12 <laughs> others. It's almost like Acacia and the rest. <laughs> when you mentioned fairness and equity, my mind went to something that I would like to explore. Mm. You said you would assess the risks the individual has and give them a premium. In, in any way, does ability to pay come into the conversation when it comes to private health insurance? Just for me to be educated. Um, I think that the first level that I mentioned is those who, the, the, the state exists to offer health care to everybody else. That is why the state has formed the social health insurance. If that does not meet your need and you want to look at a private solution, then it means that the first level is that you must have the ability to pay. Okay. Because that is very, very key. And because even within the, that zone as well, we would also review what your own health risk is. And therefore, the higher your needs for health care, the higher what you would have to pay as a premium. And so at the end of the day, I would state that ability to pay is very, very key. Significantly, you would need to have some means to be able to afford the health care that you seek. Let me ask you a very obvious question. How does private insurance, private health insurance, or insurance for that matter, when you talk about the pool, mm. describe it. Is there a swimming pool? Is there a deep end? Mm. How does the pool work? Okay, so like um, all forms of insurance, the idea is that we would want to offer you protection for, for an unknown uh, expectations in the future. And so what we do is that we would want to be able to aggregate funds enough such that anyone who enrolls at any point in time that they have the need, there will be enough funds available to meet that need. For us to arrive at how much everybody must pay, we will do some 
um, um, all the analysis of risk and who is um, signing up in there and what their anticipated health needs would be. And on these basis, we are able to agree on what exactly would be a fair amount for everybody who is in the pool to pay. It is this fair amount which we would call a premium. Once we arrive at that, everybody who wants to enroll must be able to pay into that pool. And then if you have a very large number of lives in the pool, then it means that you can spread this uh, risk across boards. Therefore, if we have a very large pool, you end up um, ha having to pay less in the pool. And if it's a very smaller pool, then it means that you need to pay more to be able to finance the healthcare needs of everybody. The principle of lottery, lottery is hinged on the fact that several people will stick, but one would, only one would win or a few would win in any particular week. Is there a correlation between that principle and health insurance? If not, then how does a person pay a premium that may be small and yet have a case that is 10 times that premium and you are still able to pay it? Mm, I, I, I wish health care was as simple as the lottery so that we are very uh, hopeful that at the end of every year just only a few would win. However, from the numbers that we've seen over the years, on an annual basis, about 80% of all those enrolled in our pool would make a claim for some healthcare needs. So everybody within the pool would have at least four healthcare encounters within the years. And I'm saying this from all the numbers that we've seen over the years. The average individual who lives in Ghana would have about four healthcare encounters in a year. Some would just need only an outpatient service, others would need an inpatient service, some would just need to go and um, fill up some medications in the pharmacy, others would just need some diagnostics. But across board, we anticipate that everybody else would have just about four encounters. And with these numbers, we are able to average how much these encounters would cost and how much on the average everybody would have to also contribute into the pool. So this, this is not an issue of um, a few will stake and a few would win. This, we all stake and we all win at the end of the day. I like the stake and win. Mm. It, was, it was just a illustration mm. to understand how you mm. manage to afford, afford when people make big claims. Still staying on big claims. Is, it, is there any fear of unsustainability? especially if somebody with a very big case, can somebody come and literally wipe out the whole pool? Mm -hmm. Okay, so for, for each of the pools that, we, uh, that uh, we are able to establish, we have a list of services that each individual is able to assess. You have a cover for your outpatient needs, you have a cover for your inpatient needs, and for each of these covers, there are some limitations on how much anybody can access to. So it is not an, an ending pool such that once you are in there, every healthcare need you have, the insurance company will be able to meet that need. We meet the needs for the average services that are listed as part of a plan that you would sign up to. So it is not out of place that you may have a health insurance and that there, you may have a service need which is um, you know, which is on the list of exemptions or which is outside the scope of the 
services that you are entitled to. So the pool is structured in a way that it would make sure that everybody in there can still get access to some basic list of services that are listed. Anything that falls outside the pool, unfortunately, um, you may have to look at other solutions. But this is just for the standard pools. But there are also the other bits where we have health schemes that are able to cater for every other anticipated need. And here we are looking at those who have got the means now. Somebody says that I want to be able to ensure for all the needs that I have. So even when I'm unwell, I don't want to even assess healthcare in Ghana. I want you to fly me out to say to South Africa so that I can just go and assess the care. There is also a premium for that. So depending on your need and what you want us to cover, we can give you a product that would be able to meet it all up. And um, we, we uh, offer you the full assurance that whichever product that you're looking for, once you're able to pay that premium, those services are assured and we, we will be able to finance and ascend when the need comes through. I'm going to come to why, why, why you think private health insurance is a compulsory part or a, a critical part of the mix that you mentioned. But you left out workplace support in, in your list. I'm just mentioning whether it's something that on your radar you, you, you monitor. For instance, there are companies that see they will support their staff and their healthcare needs. Of course, sometimes the policy is not crafted mm. so um, elaborately and so a staff can get a case mm. that was not anticipated and then suddenly you are pulling back because you did not anticipate that level of... of, mm. of but let's talk about companies that try to put in place interventions mm. For and the staff. dynamics of that one. Mm. Over the years, we, we observed that most firms, um, what, what they had as a solution for the healthcare needs of their staff was that they would assign staff to a list of service providers such that when you are unwell, you just walk into the hospital, service is offered, and then at the end of the month, a bill is sent over to the company, then it would pay. But they found out that this was not really sustainable because for you as a company, you want to be able to have an idea of how much you would spend on your entire staff health needs on an annual basis. But then if you leave it for facilities to send you a bill every month. There are some months that you have a very high bill that you have to pay. There are other months that will be very low. So what we are seeing now as a trend is that most of these corporate firms are now signing onto, an, um, signing onto a health insurance cover. So they look at the list of offerings that we have and then they would pick one and assign that one for all their staff. Therefore, at the start of the year for you as a company, you know how much you would have to pay as a premium for all your staff. And you are assured that these health needs will be met by the insurance company. And so um, in the last few years, I am not even very sure whether there are any firms that still assign their, their staff to um, service facilities. Most of them have moved to sign on to a private health insurance and we are solving that need that they had in the past. And it has actually helped them to also um, have a lead on their own healthcare expenditure because now you, you know that all that you would have to pay is just the fee at the start of the year and then every other issue will be handled by the insurance company. 
if you have thoughts on this subject, let's have a big conversation on social media. You know where to find us, Springboard Virtual University, Albert, NU, Ukraine Campus, Ukraine A. Let's talk about healthcare. Let's talk about the thoughts of Dr. Dan Vincent Amo, who's the MD of Acacia Health Insurance Limited, helping us to understand why we need to insure and helping us to understand trends in healthcare, not just the financing, but healthcare itself and even the, the, the contribution of our lifestyles. Doc, what is the Acacia offering in all this? I want to find out mm. from you as head of an institution. Mm. What do you do differently and why should we mm. even be talking to you? Our mantra on the market is that we would want to place value on every life that we ensure. For us, it's not even about the fact that we are offering a solution out there in the market. We think that individuals have a need, especially within the corporate market. We think that every life who is employed now, because if, if you look at the numbers, there are very few of us who work in this country. Everybody else is talking, but very few are working. And so for those who are working, especially who are in a gainful employment, we want to be able to secure the livelihood of these individuals. We want to make sure that they are healthy enough to be able to work every day. So our mantra on the market is that we place value on every life we insured. The offering is that would give you access to health care which is affordable, which is available every time of the year. And we also give you financial security for you, not only for just you as a corporate firm, but for your staff as well, such that when any of them is unwell, they don't have to worry where or how they would be able to finance the, the health care. For us to be able to achieve that, we note that we are not the service providers. We aren't a hospital. We aren't a pharmacy. We are, we are not a diagnostic center. We are not the ones who are offering this health care. It is these other third-party service providers who are on the market to offer the service. Therefore, the assurance that we give our clients is that we enable all of these um, service providers to be very happy and willing to offer the service when they see anyone with an Acacia Health Insurance card. So I can say on authority that um, over the last uh, four or five years, hardly has anybody worked into any um, service provider and shown an Acacia card, and then he or she has been turned away. Once they see the card, facilities are actually excited because they know that we are very key partners. We're able to pay them for the claims that they submit us on time. Therefore, once they have the assurance of care, they're also very excited to offer the very best of service to our clientele. Let me take up the Acacia card and, 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 and ask from the perspective of the user, the listener, the viewer, Many times when you get to interview a company that is into either financial services or any service that people pay for and then they have to demand mm. or require the services when they are needed, what people look for is assurance. Some assurance that their partner or the service provider is credible. So let me ask you, what, what makes, is there any regulator, what makes a good health mm. insurance company? What, what should I look for if mm. I'm looking for a health insurance mm. company? What are the benchmarks? I say, okay, I've taken mm. mm. one, ABC. two, three, four, mm. so they are good. Mm. So, so the, the very first thing that you need to look out for is that you want to work with a licensed health insurance provider. Okay. Uh, in here, the, um, uh, it is an NHIA 
which serves as the authority that oversees all the activities that we do in our space. So the insurance company must first be licensed. Once you are able to tick that box off, the next thing that I want you to do is that you need to get to the service provider end because it is, the, it is only an insurance company that you are signing to, but a service will be offered by a hospital, a pharmacy or some diagnostic center. So engage with them and find out from them what has been their experience with this insurance company. Because at the end of the day, I have heard several stories of people who have cut of some other insurance companies who have worked into a hospital. You only show your scheme card. Once they see the, the first thing that they will say is that, oh, we, we, we are not offering services now. And so you have to find a way to raise money and then finance that service on that very day. But engage with the HSPs and make sure that they are very happy to offer your service. Then, then the next thing is that you also need to check what is the financial capacity of this insurance company that you, you, uh, you would want to work with. Um, again, the National Health Insurance um, has got... Uh, standard of being able to assess the financial capacity of most of these insurance companies. Um, it is called the solvency margins. And so you could easily just also check that one at the NHIA. And you note that there are just very, very few firms that have got that solvency margins that you need that would offer you the assurance that you want on the market. Again, you can also review the technical skills capacity of the insurance company that you, you would want to work with us. Uh, Akesi has been on the market for the last nine years. We, we, we have excelled so well. And the fantastic news is that now we are not just that very small firm in East Legon. Now we are a part of the enterprise group, which is a company that is listed on the stock exchange. So if, if, if you want to look at us and compare us to all the other insurance companies, I would say that we are the only health insurance company that is listed on the stock exchange in Ghana. And that should offer anybody all the assurances that they, they need when you are looking for a partner to work with in the space. I'm going to put my phone on Facebook Live and take an Acacia card and go around tomorrow to the health, health service <laughs> providers. And it will be live, there will be no chance to say, oh, let me explain it. And then I'll show them the Acacia card and ask them, do you, do you accept this? And then it will be an exciting experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you just join us, this is a conversation about healthcare and financing. My guest today, Dr. Dan Visitamo, he's the managing director of Acacia Health Insurance, helping us to understand why this is an important conversation that everyone must have, how to finance healthcare. Doc, at the end of the day, we've spoken about the family, first of all, uh, what you call fee for service. service, having your own money and you going to, pay the, pay, to pay for the service. You talked about family fundraising or family. You didn't mention standing by roadside. <laughs> I, won't, I won't mention that one. Family, fam, family and friends um, support to cover the costs. We've talked about workplace and you've said that many workplaces have moved away from that because it's not sustainable. We've talked about the social health insurance, and, and you said that is compulsory. No one must refuse to sign up. You said it's even illegal to do so. And you've ended with a fifth one, which is private health insurance. The, the understanding I have from you is that that sits on top of the social or national health insurance 
to augment it. Is, is, is that a mm. correct description? Yeah, exactly. So we are, we are meant to first be either a complement or a supplement. If, if you are signed onto the NHIS and you still think that you want some further assurances, you can still have a private health insurance like as a complement. As a compliment. <laughs> and then again, it is, we also know that the National Health is not able to um, offer a full service cover for every health need. So there's room for some additional services that is not covered. So if you are looking for some solution there, you can also find this out with any of the private health insurance companies as well. So we serve both as a complementary service to the NHIS and then also as a supplement to what is, is being offered on the market. This conversation is very interesting for me because my church, the International Center of mm-hmm. Church, supports the mm-hmm. Children's Cancer Unit at the Teaching Hospital World. <laughs> that, that, that makes it even more <laughs> exciting. So our church supports the Children's Cancer Unit for the past 10 years plus. And one of the reasons why Dr. Tabu finds it very difficult to leave is because they get to meet the children with cancer and they know it's curable and yet children's cancer, childhood cancer is not on the list of the NHIS so um, it's almost like there are things that are needful but unfortunately not covered by the social health insurance net Um, let me ask you are these needs covered by private health insurance? Mm. Uh, it's been uh, among the issues that I have been very, very keen about because my hope is that we would be able to have a policy that would be able to address all of these needs. But we need a critical mass of people to understand that this is an offering that is available so that they can sign into private health ins- care. For now, we have a very small pool and so the pool would have to be able to cater for the needs of these people but as we go out there and even as we engage in these conversations i'm hopeful that we can get the advocacy and then we would be able to get a lot more people to understand that there are solutions for these and as we get more of these corporate firms to sign on to private health insurance we can expand the pool and then we'll be able to cover for most of these other services because it is always um, very sad where you would hear the stories of a child who has cancer and his or her health insurance does not cover. What we have been able to do over the years that we have made room for what we call a critical care cover. That also meets the needs of all of these cancers, the heart conditions as well. It might not be enough to meet the need, but that offers you a leg in the a leg at the door, so that you can just get and start accessing some care. Whereas um, families and friends, societies look at other ways on the long-term solutions to that. So on our plan, we offer some form of cover for um, for uh, all of these cancers and other health needs. Dr. Vincent. Dan Amo is the Managing Director of Acacia Health Insurance Limited. He's been helping us to understand health insurance and especially health financing options, the strengths and the weaknesses of various ones, and even drawing us back to our own lifestyle and its implications for our health needs and our health care. If you are a regular here at the Virtual University, you know that we have a habit of giving you the key lessons that we've learned or the key points from this conversation. So number one, recognize the human fallibility. You are human and you have frailties. Number two, as we grow older, we spend more on health care and up to half of our health spent throughout our lifetime 
is in our older years. So if you are young, save or ensure for a rainy day. Number three, women tend to report healthcare issues earlier than men. So while they may spend more on healthcare, it contributes to increased life expectancy. Men, by nature, often tend to report health issues later because we think we are supermen. Number four, if you ignore the signs of any healthcare issue, you increase the risk and the healthcare implications for you as you go along. Number five, knowing your options in any situation makes things easier for you. Number six, COVID-19 has increased general awareness and brought us closer to the healthcare system. And so now there's been increased investment in healthcare facilities, even in our parts of the world. You see that number seven, have a habit. I like that one very much. Have a habit of assessing your healthcare, more or less health, like checkup. Assessing your healthcare state every year so you can identify some things early enough to intervene before they become serious. Number eight from you, Doc. The finance options that you mentioned include fee for service, family contributions, workplace support, social health insurance, and then private health insurance. And you are seeing that the social health insurance or the NHIS, as we call it, is compulsory and people should therefore enroll, therefore enroll with it. Um, the point you make about Choosing private health insurance uh, provider, I think, is a very big one. You see, in choosing a private insurance provider, first check that they are licensed by the NHIS, mm-hmm. that they s- and speak to the healthcare service providers to find out mm-hmm. their track record and credibility. Mm-hmm. Look at their financial health mm-hmm. with NHIS and look at their technical strength. And once you do that, you can be sure that your money mm-hmm. is safe mm-hmm. if you enroll with them. And you end by saying that. The average Ghanaian individual has four healthcare encounters in a year, and so if you sign up to a health insurance policy, you are likely to use it in the course of the year. And you at Acacia want to give affordable and available healthcare all year round. Ten points from Dr. Vincent Dan Amo of Acacia Health Insurance. Let's continue having these conversations on social media and expand our awareness so that who knows maybe two five ten years from now there will be no child being lifted around emmanuel eye clinic with tubes protruding out of their belly or some other part with somebody with a microphone and a megaphone appealing for fans and chasing cars at the traffic light doc it's doable isn't it it is it is i want to say a big thank you to you for making time for this conversation and thanks to the enterprise group for being a part of the virtual university and other springboard interventions it's been an honor. Thanks very much. Let's do this again another time. Yes, sir. All right. So on behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort, let me say a big thank you to MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic Communications Group for this all-important conversation about healthcare and its financing. To meet again next week, my name is Albert Okran, saying God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. We are out.